Welcome back. This is a Pick'em Pod for week one of the college football season. You're listening to the best college football Pick'em Pod in the land. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black, and we're coming to you, as always, from BellyUpSports.com. Alan, how are you doing week one with this crazy Pick'em Slate ahead of us? Baby, we're back. Let's go, man. I'm super excited to to get this year rolling, and uh, we've got a lot of people in the competition, and Excited to see what happens. Alan, I don't know about you. Uh, you have been playing the ESPN College Football Pick'em much longer than I have. Uh, I personally don't believe I've played a season in which we have as difficult a week one as this one. We've got a crazy slate on our hands. Half of the games, half of the 10, are ranked matchups, ranked on ranked. That's in, that's nuts. That's like midseason action that we're seeing right now here in week one of the season. It's got both conference matchups, non-conference matchups that are massive. Uh, it's going to be certainly an entertaining weekend and a weekend for our pick'em contest and all the prizes associated that can have a whole lot of volatility. And if you end up near the top of the leaderboard or just in a reasonably good position after this weekend, you've done something really good because this is going to be a really difficult weekend to pick. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever seen an opening weekend like this. Um, and and here's the thing that I think that adds to this. We have never, in my opinion, we've never known less about these teams than we do today going into this year. There are so many new coaches, so much roster movement with the one-time transfer rule going in. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of chaos, um, a lot of new quarterbacks, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, just a just a great, great opening slate. Not to mention, beyond all of that, you mentioned we know less than we ever have before, but just think about what we know about these teams from last year. Uh, it was such a chaotic, disjointed season. So many injuries, so many opt-outs, COVID happening left and right. So you had either games being canceled or shuffled around, readjusted in the schedule, scheduled for later in the season. Or you had teams showing up that were only ha- were fielding, you know, 70% of their roster, or they were down to their third or fourth string quarterback. So what results do you put in your head that you go, okay, this is something that I remember from last year that actually has significance, and what stuff can bias your opinion that really should just be thrown away? There's so much uh, chaos from last season that it's really hard to sort through and try and figure out what to take away from last year and what to put into a knowledge base for these teams this season. I think you're exactly right. I mean, as you look at a lot of, even the top teams, a lot of roster turnover, um, a lot of those top shelf talents are gone. We don't know really who the next level of stars are going to be. And, and, and so last year limited itself to a, a lot of chaos the off season was filled with chaos, and I think that's going to lend itself to make sure that these first few weeks, there's a lot of jostling to see kind of who's going to end up being at the top um, as, as we go forward this year. 
I mentioned the five matchups with ranked opponents. That's Clemson, Georgia, Penn State, Wisconsin out of the Big Ten, uh, Indiana, Iowa out of the Big Ten, Louisiana at Texas, and Alabama, Miami. Allen, it is a loaded slate. Like we talked about, one of the difficult, most difficult you could imagine. Uh, what are you looking forward to most about week one as we look at this uh, impressive slate? Man, when you look at all these, it just rustles your jimmies, doesn't it? I mean, it, it just really, <laughs> really, really gets you going. I'm getting in my two TV formation this week um, to to see these. A lot of uh, the Big Ten really has gone heavy and opening up with, um, you know, other Big Ten teams in conference matchups, which is fascinating because again, we don't we don't really know a ton about them. Um, the way that some of these uh, other matchups, obviously, Georgia Clemson has a huge national scale. Alabama, Miami, we don't know a ton about Bama. Um, and we feel like maybe for the first time in a couple of years, know enough about Miami with the Eric King. Um, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm fascinated. Absolutely fascinated. There'll, there'll be more LSU fans at UCLA, but LSU is only a three point favorite. And so, you know, this is just, I'm just mind boggled by the the matchups this week and it's going to be fascinating. It is going to be fascinating. And this is one of those weeks already. I I talked about it with you uh, at the beginning of this episode. This is one of those weeks. It feels like we're in mid season form. Uh, there's, I feel like there's two or three times a year where I look at the slate of games that comes out and I go, uh Oh, you know, this is one that you're just trying to hope to make it through. You know, there are going to be bombs going off left and right, and you hope that you don't get caught up in the middle of something that uh, that a lot of people will. You know, like I said, if you can end up with a reasonably good week, that's a success because this is one of those weeks that you could get caught up in a big old mess uh, that you just hope to avoid while some other people, uh, even some people who would typically contend for a group, contend for some prizes, and certainly could still be. But this is one of those weeks that really could hurt you in the long run uh, if you get caught up in the wrong mess. That's exactly right. This is And Mario Kart, this is when the bullet bill starts coming through, and it's just wrecking everything and everyone, right? You're just... You're just hoping to make it out alive, and that's that's what you want to do. See, make sure that you're you're still within range. Do the best you can, and uh, live to fight another day. That is absolutely true. Now, Alan, as we get started each and every week here on the Pick and Pod, we're going to give you value picks. We're going to analyze the board. We're going to see which teams we think are undervalued according to the spread, maybe sometimes overvalued. And hey, we're going to throw in some upset picks as well. But we're going to give you our best picks each and every week that we call a value pick, making sure that we help you uh, fighting for some of these prizes and things as we go uh, to make sure you set up your board in an advantageous way to be able to have success week in and week out. Alan, you had a ton of success last year. You were the overall champion of our bowl pick'em contest. Uh, so I think as we have done each and every week over the last year plus, you took home the last award between the two of us. So I'm going to let you start with your top value pick this week in week one. All right. Hear ye, hear ye, all of my servants. Kiss <laughs> <laughs> the ring. No, but uh, so I, I've got this this week. This is my number one value pick. I'm going Maryland over West Virginia. Oh, now, at, at, yeah, 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 my man. So West Virginia is a three-point favorite at Maryland. 
Um, but Mike Loxley is entering a the ever important year three. He's sitting at six and seventeen, which is not pretty at all. But I think with Talia Tagovailoa, I think he has the, the chance to make his own stamp on college football, throwing to an uber talented Raheem Jarrett, former five star guy. Now we don't really know what to expect from either of these teams, in my opinion. I like Neil Brown at West Virginia. But, you know, I, I think Letty Brown could be special, um, you, you know, as, as a running back for West Virginia. So Maryland has to stop the run. But Maryland teams to, tends to get out of the gate quickly. You know, a couple of years ago, they beat Texas. And um, so right now, based upon the spread, West Virginia would naturally be somewhere in that two to four range if you picked it. Um, but I'm going to have that switched and I'm going to have Maryland in that two to three range. So I'm not going up super high, but I'm definitely flipping that. I think Maryland beats West Virginia in week one at home. This goes back to that um, home is where the heart is kind of wisdom from, from uh, the preview episode. Alan, I am uh, impressed with where you're going. Uh, it is certainly lofty thoughts of Maryland. Uh, we have seen this before. They've beaten Texas a couple of times in the early going of seasons. And uh, I'm intrigued by this matchup. Uh, but I'll let you know, this was my top value pick as well, but I'm on the opposite side of it, sir. <laughs> I am going with the Mountaineers, and we're going at it right here from week one. Alan, I'm looking back at last season, and I'm going to tell you what I took away from last season. I, I told you earlier, it's hard to analyze last year and figure out what you can actually take away from it. Hey, mm-hmm. but this West Virginia team, I think was one of the – maybe more impressive under-the-radar teams of last season. Uh, they did play nearly every game a year ago. They went 6-4. and four. They had an awesome, awesome defense, and I would just call it a serviceable offense. Uh, but you mentioned Letty Brown. I really like Brown as a running back. I think he's going to be uh, really solid for them again. I think he did so with an average offensive line and a passing game that wasn't really that impressive with Jarrett Dagey at quarterback. Uh, but what happens with this team is they have Dagey back. They have Brown back. Uh, they have a decent grouping of wide receivers, and they nearly bring back all their entire offensive line. So I think that this offense should get a step better Even if it's not drastically better, I think that this will be a serviceable to maybe a decently good offense. And on the defensive side, I mentioned they were great last year. They have Dante Stills back. Of course, his brother Darius is gone. That's a loss. They lost Tyke Smith, the safety, to Georgia. He's going to be playing for them once he gets over an injury. But otherwise, this West Virginia defense brings back a lot of guys. They put in a transfer or two to help... uh, deter some of the losses I think this defense even if it's a slight step down I think this is still going to be a very very good defense and when you look over at Maryland hey they were all gas no breaks last year all offense no defense they couldn't stop anybody and to me I look at what they did on the field their most impressive win was the win against Penn State but I think that's when Penn State had already packed it in and had kind of given up on the season mid-year before they got on a hot streak late Uh, And otherwise, when Maryland played up in competition, their offense really struggled. So I know they've been bringing in talented receivers, like you mentioned, uh, but Talia Tungavaloa, he's not Tua, and uh, he may have some receivers to throw to. Maybe Maryland's going to score some points in this game, but I think they're going to have a little bit harder go of it against West Virginia's defense. So where you mentioned 
Uh, West Virginia being favored by three. I'm going to go with them on the road. Uh, Alan, we had a slight adjustment in the uh, spreads late in the evening. I don't know if you quite caught that, but according to the spread, West Virginia is a three-point favorite. That would have them valued anywhere from a two to a five because we've got a lot of three-point favorites on this week's board. Uh, But Alan, I'm going to bump the value up higher for West Virginia. I'm going to put them at least at a six out of that two to five range. I'm sticking with the Mountaineers. I liked them last year. They got me some points a year ago, and I think they can go on the road and beat this Maryland team even if it's a little uncomfortable along the way. Yeah, well, I, I, I just don't trust Jarrett Day. I think they can turn Maryland can turn him over. If they can force some turnovers, I, I think that that will be enough. Again, they're going to have to at least slow down Letty Brown because he, he is just – he's definitely a 1,000-yard rusher, just a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete and running back. Um, you're right. Last year, I think their defense was very good, but, uh, I, I like Mike Loxley and, and I, I think that with them being at home and, um, with this being an important rivalry, this is a regional rivalry for them. I, I, I think that, that Maryland will, will have the opportunity to, to win this game. Now, whether they do, I don't know, but I'm, I'm definitely, I believe that, that they will end up coming out on top in that two to three point range. It'll be a close one though. I like it. Some tears are going to be shed on Saturday, no matter the result in this one. Uh, I'm sticking with the Mountaineers, man. It's going to be fun. You mentioned Derek Dagey. I know he's not the most impressive quarterback out there. I feel like it was the Baylor game last year where he threw a bunch of picks. Uh, Outside of that, I feel like he just kind of managed the game. He kind of protected the ball most of the time. And you're right, this Maryland team does threaten kind of turning people over. Uh, So that is always a risk. But if Jarrett Dagey can protect the ball, I think he usually makes good decisions. And if he just leans on Letty Brown, I think West Virginia pulls out with a win. So, hey, we're on opposite sides. So be it. It's going to be a blast to see what happens. Alan, where are you going with your second value pick? Second value pick is, is a road team. So I'm going Penn State straight up over Wisconsin. Nice. Yeah. Wisconsin's a five and a half point favorite at home versus Penn state at, uh, at camp Randall, the, the big, you know, we talked about this uh, a little bit earlier, but the question is, will James Franklin get it rolling after a really disappointing COVID year last year? They went four and five, but started Oh, and five, right. It was a miserable, miserable start for them. But even at Camp Randall, I think they can get this done. And here's the reason. I like Sean Clifford. I think he will prove to be much better. And here's the reason I believe that. I'm, I believe in Mike Yersich, who was previously at Texas and Oklahoma State. I think he's great. They got Jahan Dotson, who's going to be a high-round draft pick after the year. Noah Kane's back, and so he will stabilize that running game. And I think they're still going to have a defense that's put together um, as they aren't dealing with all the COVID opt-outs like they did last year. Micah Parsons didn't play, but he was picked number 12. Um, and then you switch over and look at Wisconsin. I, I, even though Graham uh, Mertz started really, really well last year, he went you know the first couple of games with a t- t- touchdown to interception ratio of seven to zero. But then he was, two touchdowns to five interceptions after that. So I, I think his inconsistency will probably carry over. He'll, he'll be better, 
but um, they just don't have the flashing athleticism that I think uh, Penn State does. Wisconsin's still got a veteran defense, but um, I, I think that Penn State's going to have enough offense and they will return a good enough defense to get it done on the road. I love it. Alan, this is not one of my top value picks, but I'm on the exact same side as you. I've been leaning Penn State ever since this thing was on the board. And uh, as I've studied up on these teams, I like Penn State more. Uh, You mentioned a lot of the things that I think I I factor into this as well. Sean Clifford's a returning quarterback. I don't love him, but he think he's decent. He's got Jahan Dotson at wide receiver. He's got Parker Washington, who was a true freshman last year, a little speedy guy that I think can get behind this Wisconsin defense. I just think that Penn State in this game is going to be able to stretch the field more than Wisconsin can. Uh, Noah Kane coming back at running back should be a big deal for this thing. They've got to keep their backs healthy this year. And when you talk about Wisconsin, you mentioned it. They were great early on, but you remember that first booming performance from Graham Mertz. That was against Illinois. They had a whole bunch of COVID stuff going on. They had a whole bunch of guys missing from that game. He put up big numbers early in games like that. And then they came back late. And when they played better competition, Wisconsin's offense did not do a whole lot. So I'm kind of banking on that. Like we talked about, what do you take a value? What do you not? I think that this Penn State team is going to be much improved. And while Wisconsin, I think, is going to be consistent, they're consistently good, I'm not sold on them having the offensive firepower that Penn State's going to have in this game. I'm with you. I'm taking the Nittany Lions as well. I love it, man. I, I think we've got um, I think we've got some something cooking there. We're cooking with grease now, baby. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. We're both not on the wrong end of this one. But uh, I think I you mentioned probably – what did you say in value pick for this one for Penn State? I, I've got this one. I've got Penn State, I think, at a five. So I may bump it to a four, but it's going to be in that mid-range. I'm pretty confident that um, in this reversal, I would have Penn State closer to that five, six-point favorite. Yeah, I'm going to have them, uh, I think, probably somewhere similar. I think it's easy to say they'll be bottom half for me if you go picks one through five, but I think they're going to be on the upper end of that one through five, maybe a three, a four, I don't know, maybe a five, um, but uh, but I'm going to have Penn State on my board as well. So I'm glad we're in unison on that one. Alan, I'll go ahead and take you to my second value pick of the week. I'm going back to the Big Ten for another one. This time I'm looking at the Indiana at Iowa game, and I'm taking the Hoosiers against the Hawkeyes in Iowa. And Alan, I'm going to look again at what we saw last year. Indiana's a team that had a good passing offense. Michael Penix went down with an injury. They still had uh, good receivers out there. Penix is coming back from that injury. He has Ty Freifogel at wide receiver, who was really good a year ago. He's got a good tight end at Peyton Hendershot. I think the passing game will continue going. What Indiana didn't have a year ago was a run game. It was the worst in the Big Ten. Uh, They lose their running back from a year ago in Scott. But I think that Indiana... You know, worst case scenario, they've got the same running game. I think it easily could be a little bit better than a year ago. And if that happens, then the passing game, I think, improves. And when you flip it over and look at Iowa, everybody's raving about their six-game win streak after they started 0-2. But you look at the teams they played. Sure, Penn State was in there. But again, they had a really rough start. Uh, How much of that was Penn State really just having a rough start? And how much of it was Iowa being great? I'm not sure. But you look at a lot of the teams they played, and they, they kind of ran up the score against some inferior competition, I believe. Uh, you, you look at what they did. They had a decent offense, a great defense, uh, but they 
bring back Spencer Petras, who I'm not in love with at quarterback. Uh, they lose a couple of big-time defensive linemen and Davion Nixon and Chauncey Golston. And on the other side, you look at Indiana, they bring back nearly their entire offensive line going against a defensive line that loses pieces. And on the defensive side, Indiana brings back nearly everybody on their team as well. So I'm looking at this Indiana team. They're a three-point dog on the road uh, against team as a three-point favorite that should be a two-to-five value according to the spread. And I'm saying take Indiana as the dog on the road. And uh, I'm going to take Indiana again somewhere in that low range, probably the bottom half, uh, somewhere in that kind of two-to-four, two-to-five range, something like that. I love that. I man, you are you are a hoosier till you die, my friend. <laughs> you you rode Indiana last year rightly till you couldn't ride them anymore. And um, Michael Penix is just an unbelievable talent, and he's coming back, you know, from his from his knee injury this past year. But he looks to be full go. Um, I think Fryfogel is is still there, going to be a huge weapon for them. Um, they're going to miss Watt Fillier, but I, I think there's still enough explosiveness there that that I I tend to like them as well. I, if if I hadn't have really connected um, and and kind of knit myself to the Nittany Lions, then that was going to be uh, my most likely second value pick. So I'm I'm picking up what you're throwing down, my friend. Very nice. I like it. And you threw out there they do lose Watt Fillier from a year ago. Uh, he was definitely a key piece of their offense a year ago, but I'll even tell you this, I'm okay with him going, uh, because I think Ty Freifogel is the difference maker in that receiver unit. I think he's a stud and, uh, he's a dude that can catch a pass. He's bigger and stronger than Fillier was. He can break away from guys. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's got some downfield speed. He's just a good all around receiver. That's a big play threat. And I think something that really increases, uh, the offensive firepower that Indiana produces on the field. Absolutely. He's got that snatch ability. Like he can go up and just snatch a ball. He plucks it. Right. And he's just one of those guys that's got that natural, um, ability to go up and just snatch the ball out of the air. And so he's, he's always a big play weapon. Um, so I, I think that they're still going to have plenty of explosiveness. And I, I most likely think they will actually have a better running game than they did last year, which ultimately was something that hurt them down the stretch. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be exciting to see what this Indiana team can do this year. Uh, I've, I know there are certainly some opinions out there that say, hey, they kind of maxed out a year ago and they're looking at a, a lesser season this year. That may be the case. Uh, but I think that this team, with all the continuity they bring back, all the chemistry they have with all the returning players, I think that sets up well for them heading on the road, even as an underdog in week one of the season. I think it gives them the opportunity to come away with a win early uh, that, you know, you give Iowa some time to gel and come together as a team. Uh, I think it'd be more difficult late in the season. So I think this is a good way to start the year, even in a highly contested game, which I think it will be. I think this is a good way for Indiana to start the year as an underdog with a chance to pull off the upset. Absolutely. This is one you're going to want to have on your TV. It's going to be fun to watch. All right, Alan, anything else you think we need to cover for our first pick and pod of the season? I don't think so, my friend. I'm excited to, um, I'm just excited to watch some dang football again, bud. <laughs> well, we've got one heck of a weekend to watch. It is going to be a blast. It is going to be uh, start to finish all day long, a ton of good action to watch. And uh, as you work your way 
through the college football season with us on the College Pick'em on ESPN. Make sure you're in tune with what you can win here on the show, the College Pick'em plus the Bowl Mania with those two contests throughout the year. This is what we do each college football season. You're going to have the chance to earn your way to part of over $1,000 in cash and prizes. That's going to be eligible for you on a weekly basis with our weekly prizes. There are also grand prizes available for first, second, and third place prizes uh, for both the contests. So we've got a lot of fun stuff going on uh, week in, week out here on the Blackout. Oh, yeah. You don't want to miss it. Rate and review us. Invite your friends to join us. You know, this is this is early on in the year. There's a lot of things that can happen. Um, and also here's the thing. If you miss a week, yeah, you may not be in the running for the, for the big prize, but keep on playing because you can win the weekly prizes. If you get a perfect week, there's plenty incentive to, to come in. And even if you forget a week to continue to pick. No doubt. That is part of the incentive for having the weekly prizes and the grand prize as a, as a whole. Uh, there are going to be plenty of people who, you know, are going to be out of contention for those grand prizes pretty early on. But like you said, Alan, it is, uh, there's plenty of incentivation for uh, people getting back in week after week and having the opportunity, hey, listen to the podcast, get some tips, put your own picks in, and uh, see where things fall all throughout the season. Because like you mentioned earlier in uh, our recordings, there are going to be perfect weeks this year. You know, We're going to have probably a couple of them, maybe three or four. There's going to be those opportunities to win the prizes throughout the year. That's exactly right. And you're going to want to be that winner. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find Alan at AD on the blackout. You can find myself at TB on the blackout. And uh, as Alan mentioned, go ahead and rate and review the show, especially on Apple Podcasts. We are now 41 five-star ratings strong. We want some more of those. What, uh, What value is it for you? Hey, look. We give you picks on the show. We help you out with your board. We give you the opportunity to win surprises. Give us a five-star review in exchange for it. It's worth it. Fully worth it. Alan, thank you so much for your time, and we will catch you next week for our first Pick'em Rewind and another Pick'em Pod in week two of action coming up next week. That's right. See you goons later. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.